What's going on, guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. Here we are again, all right? Uh, and here I am with a fantastic guest. And men, do not turn away because I guarantee I'm going to be asking this amazing woman some questions that are going to benefit you as well. So tune into this one. Anyway, we're with an ex-personal trainer and fitness influencer with Optimum Nutrition and Right Away. Uh, she is a, correct me if I say this wrong, uh, Rue can heal <laughs> Ryukyun. Oh, Ryukyun. Ryukyun? <laughs> yeah, that's All right. right. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, she's also a big piece and helps run the Warriors of Light, as well as New Earth Treasury, the jewelry brand. She also is a big, massive part in running uh, some fantastic retreats that have been taking place here in New Zealand. It's Sakula Costa. Costa? Yes. Costa. Right. <laughs> love that. And Sakula is someone that I met a few years ago. She's also a partner. She's the partner of Jesse Winyard, who we interviewed last week. And they make such a badass team, I must say. Uh, and one thing stood out for me as well when I was diving into a little bit of your work. That's confidence. What does confidence mean to you? Confidence? Yeah. What does confidence mean to me? I think it's just believing in yourself. I think it's just mm. knowing yourself, actually. Mm. I think it's in knowing who you are mm. and knowing what you bring to the table and not doubting that. I think that's what confidence means to me. Um, yeah. Love that. And how does one get to know themselves? Because that's such a big piece, right? Absolutely. And this has been you know, a lifelong journey as it is for everyone to, to get to know themselves. I think the sooner you start, the better, because there's a lot to know. Um, but getting to know yourself is not hiding anything from yourself. Mm. So all of those pieces of the puzzle that you hide away from yourself takes away from the whole, takes away from the full potential. And I think that is, you know, if there's things that you're running from, if there's things that you're hiding from yourself, if there's things that you choose to know about yourself and not the things that you don't choose to know about yourself, then you're not seeing the full picture. You're not reaching your full potential. Ooh. And so I think it's confidence and getting to know yourself is in accepting the full puzzle piece, yeah. like all, the, all the pieces of the puzzle, not just the ones that you like and yeah. ignoring the things you don't like. Yeah. You know? As long as you can't finish the picture, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so beautifully put. I love that. Um, and that actually ties in with the, a quote I heard Sadhguru say, and mm -hmm. he says, um, uh, life is like a one million piece puzzle set, except mm. we have three pieces of the one million piece puzzle mm. set, and we're trying to make a picture. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like, so true. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, I love the way you put that. Um, and just actually understanding that there's so much more to the picture um, mm. than we might be able to perceive initially, but understand that we can learn what those pieces are and start collecting them and Absolutely. building that picture. It's yeah. so beautiful. Um, so what does, uh, what is your experience with confidence? Was there maybe a lack of it earlier on or do you feel like confidence was something that came useful for you? Um, I mean, I think when it comes with confidence, when you think that you have confidence, quite often it's a mask that you Ooh. wear. So I, I would like to think that I was confident, you know, growing up, but I kind of came to find that that was a mask that I wore around others. But when I was alone with myself, with my own mind, I wasn't confident. There was so much self-doubt. There was so much anxiety. There was so much like comparison. And there was all of this going on behind the scenes that I wouldn't 
want to show to anyone else. So the confidence that I had was kind of like a facade. And you know what I mean? So to actually be aware of that as well was massive. Yeah, yeah. So it took a while to actually get to the point where the whole whole goal for me is to be the same person by myself as I am with everyone else. So good. And so, like, yeah, if I'm walking around wearing a mask, you know, half the time, Mm. it's, it's just... Like I said before, taking away from that full potential because I'm not seeing something. Um, and so, yeah, with confidence, I think definitely didn't come easy. Yeah. And um, there was a lot of like that high school competitiveness and there was that, there was a lot of just like self-doubt and just not thinking that I was worthy of doing anything, really. Wow. So everything that I was doing... I was acting confident for sure but underneath it all was like this like anxiety that was just it was you know like that crippling anxiety that really like holds you back from truly stepping forward into what you want to do so complicated relationship with confidence yeah definitely definitely (laughs) so you mentioned that there was maybe a lack of confidence there but you tried to paint a picture as if you did have it absolutely what did the creating the picture of or putting the mask on of confidence cost you because I, th- I think that a lot of people I know for myself mm-hmm. when I tried to portray this image of confidence a great example of, mm. me, of that with me uh, that you've experienced is when I was in Optonutrition as well right mm, and um, yeah. I was sort of running around with this camera and yeah. <laughs> I was excited right. and then when I was on my own like sometimes I'll just like a lot actually I'll just burn out and be like man yeah like that's I just feel like I'm trying to have to, a lot of the time I'm trying to put that on and mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel right yeah, absolutely. Um, the mask gets heavy. Yeah, it and does. When you're wearing a mask around other people, it's like it's so draining yeah. because you're having to constantly act like someone that you're not, right? Yeah. Um, so, what was the original question? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. So, um, what did it cost you? Right. What yeah, did it yeah, cost you said me? It, it was draining. Yes. Else? So, I think the main thing with wearing masks is that you're afraid to ask for help. I think that's a massive one. So if I was struggling with something, how could I go and then ask one of my closest friends or family for help if they just knew me as this mask wearing person that was just always had everything and just always, you know, like, like I got this kind of mentality. So I had to maintain that. I had to be consistent with it. So it was like, if I asked for help, it would, the mask would come, come like crumbling down. So I couldn't, I think that's the main thing where I couldn't, I had to be really consistent with this mask, right? So I had to, I couldn't ask for help, couldn't reach out, and I couldn't, it was like that self-judgment where if you needed help from other people, it's like that inferiority, superiority complex, where like I would automatically feel myself inferior if I was to step outside of this mask. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah, for sure, I think that held me back a lot from being able to open up to people. Wow of like who I actually truly am on the inside. Yeah. yeah. And, and how did that um, show up and manifest itself in ways of in situations and what, what sort of situations did that create for you? Were there standout moments that were quite dark for you um, where you were extremely drained from trying to create this mask? Uh, right now, Suckle is trying to pile <laughs> off. She's parrying off some leaves. Uh, we're in the jungle yeah. here, fam. We're in the jungle. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, and... What, um, and what way did that sort of manifest in your life? So, 
the main the main place where these types of things manifest and really show their face i feel like is in relationships yes it's like relationships are the best mirror for all of your issues and all of the all of the bullshit that you carry around yeah. and i feel like it's such a good way to just like crack you open and just kind of yeah. like everything kind of comes to the surface you can't really pretend around your partner because they're like they see you all the time and you can't yeah. you can't be consistent with your mask around yeah. them yeah. so i think <laughs> we're just gonna deal with this vine yeah i can't do anything <laughs> with the vine unfortunately <laughs> um so i think that's the that's the first place where it actually really came to the surface where um where i realized that i had to actually open up so Mm. you know my entire life it was like this battle between the heart and the mind so like my entire life i was very very in the mind so this is where it all gets created right the mask that you wear and like the persona that you carry and everything it's all created in the mind and i was so identified with it i was so identified with the mind especially when we're in the fitness industry and stuff you know it's all about the exterior it's all about like it's all about how you look and like the it's very ego driven um but even before that in multiple different industries that i worked in it was all very ego focused very mind focused and i i struggled a lot to actually feel anything wow really so this this kind of just all ties in like i was unable to empathize with emotion because i was unable to feel my own emotion wow and so i think this started to affect this started to actually come to the surface and it actually started to prove it as a problem when i actually got into a relationship that i cared about wow because then it got to a point where I was like, I can't pretend like I don't care anymore because I do care. And it was so hard to like break open those barriers of like the heart and to actually feel emotions, feel my own emotions, to take off that mask and actually be vulnerable in front of someone that I love. Because for like my entire life, it had just been like, you know, this kind of blocked off person, just kind of like cold and unfeeling. And so the first time I really actually confronted that truly was in my relationship for sure. Wow. When I was like, okay, I have to actually deal with this now because yeah. I, you know, this I actually this actually matters. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And if you don't mind me asking, in what ways would it show up in the relationship that caused pain, caused grief? So a lot of the time it would be because you know like jesse he's a very emotional person he's very emotionally intelligent he's able to feel things he's able to express things and i was the absolute opposite i was very disconnected from wow. my emotions very in my head very I logical that. Yeah. <laughs> very logical and um I, I relied a lot on intellect yeah um to deal with things yeah. so i would try i would rationalize and i would so if you know jesse was going through a hard time i would give him like some action steps to do immediately <laughs> like i didn't really know how to deal yeah. with that kind of stuff so you know a lot of the time i came off kind of cold or mm. i wouldn't be able to truly understand because i hadn't gone that deep within myself mm. so it was like how do i go that deep with someone else and so those were like some situations where i was like I just didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to deal. I didn't know how to deal with it. And, um, cause usually if people are super emotional around me, like I just leave, like, I'd like, wow. I, I didn't know how to, I was like, just not able to comprehend how, what, what, how to do it. So I just want to point out that feels so crazy because you just give off such this, um, radiant nurturing vibe <laughs> that comes from someone that deeply has experienced a lot of emotion and actually gone into it. 
Um, so I, that just almost like I can't almost believe that it's amazing well, that you've made that transformation. I'm so I'm so happy that that you can feel that now yeah. because it's been a lot of work on the heart space. Yeah, I bet. I've been trying to just chill in the heart space for literally like <laughs> just consistently yeah. just in the heart. Yeah. Um. So man, like my whole the whole journey has been like the road from the mind to the heart, really. Mm. And um, it's there's just so much depth in there, and it's really broken a lot of those barriers which I had put on life, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, yeah. So that was the main thing that kind of came up is unable to empathize and unable to hold space. So that was the biggest, biggest lesson for me Mm. is learning how to hold space for someone else, but then also myself, because like I said, you can't, you can't go that deep with someone if you haven't gone that deep within yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is so true. So mm. spot on. And, uh, you mentioned as well uh, anxiety being a piece that was sort of playing a part yeah. in your moving through this whole growth journey. Yeah. And what ways did that show up for you? And what was that like? Ooh, it's it's really hard to say because it's almost like I only realized that I was experiencing anxiety in retrospect. So it's wow, like yeah. I shut it out so well, like you know, I suppressed it so well. And I wore this mask so well that I just completely denied that emotion completely. Wow. So it was like I just walked through life and I, you know, had so much, so many like anxious points in my life where that was like debilitating. But it's almost like I blocked it out from myself because I was like embarrassed or like mm. ashamed of those emotions or I don't know what it was. But it's only when I actually looked um, back that I realized how much it was holding me back. Um, and you know the biggest one of the biggest turning points actually was attending this vipassana retreat this, you did this vipassana. yeah amazing i'm yeah. doing one in um january oh, uh, literally wow. will con- conclude on my last day before my birthday oh, so yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. have you done one before my, that's my first one Ooh, i'm so excited yeah, like i've done a lot of amazing. like self-induced silent retreats right. where i've gone away for like three days and just been on my own meditated most of the time and yeah and all that but never actually a proper 10 day guided yeah one. it's pretty, pretty intense eh? mm. so like 10 days in complete silence it's like 11 hours of meditation a day yeah, and that, yeah. <laughs> that was one of those that was one of those moments where i realized just how agitated my mind actually was wow so on the surface level, you go know, you for diving into that. By the way, <laughs> it was freaking scary, bro. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah. When was this? Um, this was. Oh man, when was it? It was this year. Okay. So awesome. it was like only like maybe six months ago or something. Oh, I was. Right? Like, I think I probably signed up for that one, and I think probably a few days later, um, like a few days after what it was mm. meant. To, what was the start date for like um, people being able to sign up for it? and instantly on the long wait list i'm like what and then i then like one more later or something i sign up for that one and i think i sign up on the day that it opened for applications and even then i made the short wait list i'm like what (laughs) there's so many people that want to do it yeah so it was a bit um it was quite cool because i signed up for it like two weeks before i went and um wow i was on the wait list and then they sent me a whole bunch of follow-up questions and stuff and then they just sent me an email they're like you're in oh um, so I don't know whether it was because of what I do or what mm. they kind of just like pushed me up, but I got in really quickly. Like people were on the waiting list for like months and months. So Amazing. yeah. So I was like, well, I guess I got to go yeah. now. So I was terrified for it, but I went and yeah, like I said, realized the main realization I made was how much agitation was lying just below the surface and how good we are at suppressing that yes. with all these distractions and with just life and just doing things. 
um, and all of these kind of surface level triggers that come along that kind of agitate that that anxiety and things it seems like it's happening because of these exterior kind of triggers but what i found from meditating for 11 hours a day yes. is that it's actually always there wow. like it's always kind of underlying and until you actually deal with the root causes and the root problems they're just gonna like chill there just waiting to get triggered just you know like just waiting to come to the surface yeah and so like and and all of the silence and just completely starving myself of distraction and stimuli and things um i just i just found so much (laughs) that was greatly put thank you um yeah i just found a lot of just a deep sea of a whole bunch of metaphors. i love it so good yes that's exactly um yeah exactly it mm. so good mm. and speaking yeah. of deep sea i know you're really into your diving oh, and yes. your spearfishing as oh, well oh yes yeah where did that come from for you um so i grew up in it so i i learned to swim for like as soon as i could you know as soon as it wasn't child abuse to throw a child in the water <laughs> so, <laughs> so i'm into being a fish <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm very comfortable in the ocean yeah. yeah but it's actually interesting though because you know, I've been spearfishing my whole life. I've been hunting my whole life, but just recently, you know, I've stopped killing animals. Um, so it's been, it's one of those ego deaths where like yes. I held on to that persona and I held on to that identity for so long. Like, yes, this is who I am. Mm. But then I found out, you know, that it actually isn't my entire life. I've just been kind of suppressing this natural care for animals while I'm killing them. Wow. It was, it was really, really intense to actually confront because yeah. um, I just remember all of these memories where there was one side of me that was like, I, I can't do this, but I had to please my dad and I had to like compete with my sister. And like, so I, I just went through and did it. And, um, and I still have so much respect for the hunting community. Like my dad, like my whole family, Beautiful. they do it in a really respectful way. They do it just to feed their families. They take only what they need. Yeah. And if I had it my way, like, you know, all meat eaters would be hunters like that. Mm. Go out and get your own food kind of thing. But I personally have just found that I can't do it anymore. Yeah. So I go diving purely to, you know, just be there. Love that. Um, and yeah, it's that was that was like a massive ego death for me. Eh? Like letting mm. go of that of the huntress ah. that I grew up to be. It was it was the a Amazonian. tough one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I actually can't kill animals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. But mm. man, the ocean will always be my first love. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and. So just to tie back to your experience with confidence and anxiety, it sounds like mm. a lot of that was quite intertwined as well yeah. um, around sort of that suppression of emotion yeah. um, around constantly putting, using these masks to hide away from others and yourself. Mm-hmm. And what did you start to do to actually create, start to create those shifts? Because you said that as you got into the relationship, all of a sudden you were faced with all of this. Yeah. yeah and it yeah. started costing you in many ways. Mm. So, and what were sort of like maybe action steps or maybe a big turning point for you as mm. well you started to take part in? So the first thing for me was letting go of this like intellectual ego mm. um, and to kind of just understanding that you can't figure everything out inside your head. Like there's some things that you can only understand through feeling mm. and there's oh, man. a huge part of life that can only be seen through the heart. And um, the first step for me was actually confronting that, was actually was actually opening myself up to that. Um, and how I did that was through, like, working with clients, really. So, like, 
I was a personal trainer, but I also started this um, group fitness thing called Girl Squad Group Fitness. Awesome. And it was like the first time that it kind of just crossed that boundary of just like health and fitness to actual like personal development and holding space, really. I remember you doing that actually. I yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And it was really, really cool because I found myself in this position where these girls were like really opening up to me and I truly cared for them. So like I had to really like look at how can I actually be there for them in a way that was different to how I had been there for people in the past because that clearly wasn't really working out. Um, and what I found was that, yeah, like I said, some things can only be felt with the heart and through really dropping that awareness out from your mind and, and stop like analyzing and judging constantly. Um, so just literally actively turning off those thoughts and just kind of like feeling. Mm. And it seems really simple, but for someone who was just trained to not do that their entire lives it was it was hard no i resonate with that to like the idea of just actively turning off my thoughts how can i do that yeah how can i quiet my mind when people say just let go what (laughs) (laughs) teach me (laughs) definitely so what for you allowed you to start to initiate that oh man i think the biggest thing was um diving more into my feminine energy oh so it sounds like you're embodying a lot of masculine yeah yeah Yeah. so that was that really helped me to identify what was going on with me when i could put those labels on it like masculine feminine to kind of just like understand these different parts of me Mm. and that i was quite an unbalanced individual um so when i was able actually able to kind of compartmentalize my energies within me like the masculine side I had really overdeveloped. Um, that was like the confidence mask. That's a, that was like my overdeveloped masculinity. The, the logic and the intellect was like very masculine. I had this like kind of, um, aversion to emotion, which is also kind of like a masculine trait, but the feminine, um, it was very underdeveloped. And I brought this down to, um, through just personal self-discovery i i put this down to um my mother displaying some really unhealthy feminine traits like really over like unbalanced feminine which is like the wounded feminine right Mm. so she was always just super super emotional just uncontrollable emotions and that was just kind of like projecting everywhere um very very like victim mindset was always kind of the victim in every situation and it was really really difficult to watch because she just seemed so distraught just all the time right and so i looked at i looked at that and i was like i don't want to be that i don't want to feel that pain so i switched over to that masculine oh, kind of just yeah. like shut so up the feminine the completely. yeah wow. yeah it's interesting so, isn't there like um we can go one or two ways yeah. when those things ex- um, occur it's like yeah. we can either mimic what we're ex- yep. what we're um experiencing or we can go the exact opposite exactly yeah it's, in- it's in- so insane to think but yeah, it's so interesting to see that so much of what's going on within can easily be uh, discovered as to, um, like, sorry, just like sort of rediscovered when looking into the past Definitely. of where a lot of that same stuff came from. So yeah. for you, of course, there was your mother and then, of course, by the sounds of it, your father as well was like keen to get you into like spear fishing and like yeah. um, like swimming and really me diving, into, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really diving that masculine as yeah, well. Yeah, so it sounds like there was like this bad relationship with the feminine and mm, then a really good relationship with the masculine. Yeah. It's like, oh, exactly, go. exactly. Oh. And that's that's basically it in a nutshell. And I decided that um, the feminine equals pain and mm. unworthiness and all this negative stuff. And the masculine equals like, Oh, he seems pretty chill. He seems pretty calm. Like yeah. he's just avoiding the emotion completely. So I'm going to be like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just overdeveloped that masculine energy. And then it was only until I realized that you 
definitely need both. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely need both. Um, because like I said at the start, you know, the pieces of the puzzle, like if you're completely denying a half of yourself or, you know, a portion of yourself that exists because everyone, man, woman, we all have feminine, masculine energies within us. And I was completely denying the feminine causing this, like this imbalance. And, um, it's almost like the feminine was just like this underdeveloped child, um, that was kind of barricaded from a young age yeah. um so when my feminine would come out it would come out in unhealthy ways wow. because i hadn't had the time to mature that part of me right yeah so yeah um so that was the biggest that was one of the biggest kind of things that took me from the mind to heart or to understand emotion or to feel my own emotions better was to embrace my feminine energy mm. and allow myself to flow because man i'll go to like energy doctors and they'll be like your energy is stuck man like you need to move that shit and like and um yeah the feminine is the flow you know so that was that was a massive thing for me is like letting that energy move letting Mm. it express yeah and i'd love you to touch on that briefly as well as the importance of feminine because masculine feminine don't doesn't mean man woman Mm, right exactly it's got nothing to do with that Mm -hmm. it's something that's much deeper yeah and i'd love you to speak a little bit on that um what exactly uh is that uh feminine how important would it be for a guy to start embodying that as well for someone that isn't familiar with that yeah for sure so like man in society it's it's an over masculinized society in general so like just on a whole like the feminine energy is kind of lacking already like but on an individual scale that's where it starts you know so like such like a significance around money and business and doing exactly yeah Yeah. and and the way the way that it's kind of run even when you know the women over time have been getting more rights and things um it doesn't general it doesn't actually mean that there's more feminine energy it's more that yeah. the women are actually having to act like men to fit into the society yes. so it's actually having the reverse effect yeah and so like i think the feminine energy is like the being yes not the doing right yes. so like you find that man the, the biggest problem that we see right now is like stress and just like just constantly doing so much that we're getting burnt out and the feminine is the being it's the creative flow as well that comes with just being and not doing all the time it's like the the caring and the nurturing and the selflessness it's it's the heart it's like the heart space right the masculine is equally important because that is what drives it drives us forward it's the it's the thing that kind of gets us to do it's the leadership it's the communication it's like the things that um that build and create you know these the society that we live in for example but it's so so important to have that feminine energy as well because it's like the when the two come together like that's when that's when it's like it's just truly magical because like we can't have just the feminine we can't have just the masculine Mm. and that's kind of what like jesse and i have tried to embody in our relationship is like both of us really embodying the divine masculine divine feminine right and coming together in this like this unification of energies which is what we're trying to kind of spread outward as well and i think that and it's it's cool because it starts within and then you can do it with your partner and then you can mm. do it with like your family and then you can do it with your like with your community and yeah. it just grows outward from there that's oh, amazing yeah and um it's like you said if um one's embodied more than the other um there's not really a strong balance there mm. uh yeah traits like anxiety traits like depression depression and lack of confidence and insignificance i've done two interviews from one day (laughs) my words aren't being pronounced properly anyway um 
yeah, they can really show face. And I know for myself, there was a lot of depression as I was going through school mm. and I was really embodying a sort of toxic feminine mm, way. Right, right, right. Thing. And then as I sort of grew out of that, I went very logical because I wanted mm. to get away from that. So yeah, I embodied yeah, yeah. a very toxic masculine yeah. and both ends I was sort of burning a candle yeah. uh, that did not serve me. Like there was yeah. the depression as I was going through school. There was the anxiety as I was sort of um, coming out of that. Mm. And yeah, both of those were not just toxic for me, but toxic for those that I got into a deep relationship with, right. especially romantically, right? So yeah. I completely resonate with what you said. Mm. Uh, so I'd love to ask in your, under, um, in your learning about that and your understanding about that and then your initiation of the path on actually creating a better relationship with your feminine mm. uh what sort of things were you starting to do uh on top of the understanding because you obviously started to learn a lot more about it yeah that actually enabled you to feel that embody that in a deeper way mm. man embodying the feminine is like a it's a massive rabbit hole <laughs> like yeah. there's just so much to it um it goes it goes real deep but i think the the most basic ones for me was just like just like self love yes <laughs> you know yes. it was it was like an accepting myself um fully and and like i keep saying kind of just dropping into the heart space and just staying there more yeah and not like kind of circling around in my head also thing fun things like dancing oh i love that <laughs> dancing singing yes. just like doing creative things more yeah that really helped with the feminine yeah um and also in crying and just oh, doing stuff like so like allowing myself to cry when i felt sad yeah. or allowing myself to like be held in vulnerability yeah. by my partner because that's another thing so why is that significant i think it's because um because I had never allowed that before. It yeah. was like when I was embodying more of that masculine, I was actually disempowering the masculine people in my life. Wow. Yes. So it was Very almost weird. like I, yeah, it was almost like I was, um, I just needed con that control and I needed to be in control. And so I would never allow myself to be vulnerable. So I would never let my masculine actually step up and be in his masculine because I was like, I always had that, I got this kind of energy. And so, like, allowing myself to be vulnerable and allowing, like, my the masculine in my life to step up and hold me in that was was really powerful because it, it gave me that trust that it's okay. Um, and I think this is important to do for yourself as well, to, like, be, to hold yourself, to be able to hold yourself in that. But it, it's it's such a powerful thing to allow yourself to be held by someone else as well. Yeah, it takes strength, mm. man. It's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's yeah. the exact opposite to what's sort of perceived, isn't it? Mm. It's like, no, I'm strong if I've got this. Yes, right? exactly. And actually, I'm strong if I let go. Yeah. Oh. oh, my gosh, yes. And that's I definitely found that when I allowed myself to actually, like, break down for, like, the first time, like, in wow. front of my partner. Like, that was, was that a like? massive yeah. milestone for me. Um, it was, oh, my God, it felt like just the floodgates opening. It was crazy, like this huge release um, and just feelings that I had never felt in my entire life. It's like once that little first little thing had just broken, mm. it was just like so much came through and I realized how much I was denying myself and how much like I was pretending um, and it was really therapeutic. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good to just have a good cry, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and um, for those out there listening who think, man, my partner would not like that. They'd run away, they'd <laughs> yeah. gap it. What would you say to them? 
Man, I would say when it comes to mastering like the art of holding space, it's so important for you to embody that energy yourself first because there's just no way that we can like we can control how someone else does this um and i just believe that whatever energy you embody will be reflected back to you and if you can become this like space holder if you're able to hold yourself in this vulnerability if you're able to allow yourself to be in this space and you can do it for other people as well you know that that will be reflected back to you but also in a more practical sense like just ask you know (laughs) Just be like, yo, could you like hold space for me? Like, well, I just need to need to let some things out, you know. Yeah. And the people that love you, man, they're always willing. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. But the thing is, we don't usually ask, right? <laughs> no, no, there's a fear there of judgment. Yeah, exactly. And, um, at the end of the day, if someone does react to that, mm. you're so much more than that. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's so important for people to hear as well. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah there's man there's love out there (laughs) there's a lot of love out there (laughs) yeah it really is Mm -hmm. yeah so i want to speak on self-love briefly i actually um spoke a little bit on it with jesse about the whole concept of how social media has um, almost materialized self-love which i I think is actually not a good thing Mm. Um, although it's good because people are getting into the idea of self-love this self-love that i feel like it's also inhibiting them from taking the actual step to self-love it's like become this like picture of okay this is self-love um so once i start doing this i've already embodied it mm. and now because they think they've already embodied it they don't keep pursuing it right and that becomes right, an issue right. and that's what i'm seeing a lot on social media of like externalizing st- it. yes externalizing self-love like um i'm like self-love is getting my nails done self-love yeah. is going shopping self-love <laughs> is going to the gym and like eating this food and all that sort of thing rather yeah, than yeah. Uh, like you know taking some good pictures or whatever it is yeah, um, yeah, yeah. rather than understanding that self-love is felt mm-hmm. and how would you sort of articulate what self-love is mm. and how one can start to really embody that? Oh man, I think self-love is in full acceptance of yeah. the self. Full, unconditional Love acceptance. That. Mm. And that is so difficult in practice, right? Because yes. we keep coming back to like, we hide so much from ourselves and there's so much of ourselves that we judge and that we deem as unworthy or unlovable or shameful or, you know, there's all these things and I think self-love is in really truly allowing yourself to see yourself as a whole and accepting every single part of that whole, mm. the good and the bad, or the perceived good and the bad, the light and the dark, all of it. And I think that's like the more things that you can find about yourself and, and send love to, I think that's that's like the ultimate goal. <laughs> so well put, exactly. Yeah, and you mentioned about sort of sending love to certain parts of yourself, mm. right? So like finding those things and then sending love to them. Mm. how can one actually start to do that because i know that um when i was sort of learning about self-love for myself uh like there was just a lot of darkness and heaviness that was Mm. coming up and those are things that of course like you mentioned like avoidance would come into play masks would come into play and then actually taking that step to start to open that space up and feel it fully uh saying it is one thing but doing it is another and i know that um, you've mentioned expression is so key yeah um there and uh creativity is such a great form of expression which is fantastic uh are there sort of day-to-day things that you do for yourself that sort of resemble self-love for you outside of sort of creativity like um do you have like a routine that you have or yeah Yeah. i mean like on the daily 
I do um, like this energy transmutation breath work Ooh. where it kind of takes you from like the depths of all of the, your being and yes. up into like unity and love and peace. Mm. Um, so on a daily basis, you know, there's like the meditation breath work techniques and things. Um, but I think one of the most powerful things that I've done um, to kind of bring up those shadow aspects and, and send love to them is is just journaling like just like kind of just writing and writing and writing um we have a section in one of our courses called the kingdom codes where we have this like self-love exercise and it's just writing down a hundred things you love about yourself and to specifically include all things not just the things that you think are like the good things yeah um and when you start to try and write a hundred things you know like some more interesting things will start coming up and you start running out of the kind of surface level things and you start like getting into things that you may have forgotten about it's it's crazy how much we forget or forget quote quote unquote forget um that we just hide from ourselves really um but when you really open up that space it starts to come back through and you're just like okay okay there's just so much to find out about ourselves. Eh? It's crazy. Oh, so crazy. <laughs> um, it's like as soon as we open one door, there's another hundred doors on the other exactly. side. It's like, oh, man, which way now? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got to embrace the process. Eh? Yeah, totally. Totally. What would you say to someone that is in a state of low confidence? And yeah, what would you say to them? I would say there is only one you. And within you lies something that no one else can bring to humanity and the world needs you to be who you are so good (laughs) so good what would you suggest that they do man be yourself Mm. i think that's like the best thing that i can tell anyone is just like don't be afraid to be yourself Mm. and um just really get to know yourself and take off those masks and find people that accept you for who you are and that really starts with accepting yourself as well isn't it because that that actually um that actually uh entails removing certain people doesn't Mm, it and getting away and spending less time with certain people and that can be so hard for someone that feels like these are the only people that care about me absolutely not true because there's always going to be more people definitely definitely it can you can really hold on to like um people that are used to you wearing your mask yes so like you know you're around your high school friends and they're used to you being a certain way and so you know you feel this obligation to continue to be that person when you when you aren't truly and so like it's either that you embody who you are unapologetically and you know you can be around these people without judgment which is really really difficult or you know you remove yourself and you find people that do accept you for 100 percent who you are (laughs) it's a you know, it's a can be a tough choice to make sometimes, oh, but massively. And for yeah. those that feel like they're struggling with that, just put yourself in situations or scenarios where those people are more likely to hang out. I think <laughs> that's probably the best thing um, that I can say. Anyway, for myself, mm-hmm. I know that I thought that um, if I um, because my friends are going out, if I just keep going out, I'll make other friends that will mm. stop me from going out. Right, well, that's not true. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no logical sense. Yeah. Or I'll make other friends that are very spiritual. No, yeah. <laughs> no, go not to the yoga festival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? like, even if I need to go on my own, um, yeah. and yeah. that takes a lot of courage. For sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's such a key factor in the healing journey that I've found for myself is mm. to step into courage, and yep. that comes before confidence. Mm. I found. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. So I'd love you to share your 
experiences with courage, maybe maybe moments that have taken a lot of courage for you mm. as an example for people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and one it, of the... By the way, guys, just excuse the dog with his <laughs> dog, Goku, all right? He is the bomb, but he keeps demolishing our uh, <laughs> podcast session. So we'll sort of put him outside for a bit. He's yeah. very demanding. Yeah. Very yeah. demanding. Yeah, he'll um, come at home house, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, courage. Um, that's been a massive one for me. Um, and I think one of the kind of veering like off topic, but at the same time on topic, mm. like the, the biggest thing that required courage for me was actually stepping into like my spiritual side. Oh yeah. So I was, um, kind of indoctrinated into like a religious cult from an early age, um, and called the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh no way. <laughs> so yeah. So you know, what religious cult like? might sound wow. a little bit intense, but yeah. that's literally what it was. Like it was Whoa. very, it was very heavy. Um, and there was a lot of religious programming, a lot of fear-based programming. And what happened from that experience was, you know, my family actually moved away from it when I was about nine or 10. And as soon as I figured out that all of that stuff that we fed wasn't true, you know, because my parents were like, oh yeah, like, you know, we're going to move away from this religion and kind of told us the truth. Um, so what came I, up in the religion that was fear-based? So it was like um, all of the reasons why you're going to go to hell. And, oh, wow. You know, yeah. like all of the... Um, it was very, very black and white of the things that you could and could not do. Like, for example, my mom couldn't go to university. We couldn't um, get proper educations. Like, I was homeschooled. Oh. And, um, you know, it was, it was very heavily religiously focused. Yeah. And um, we were knocking on doors and preaching the word like most days of the week it was um and it was there was a lot of fear around individuality and there was a lot of fear around um around the devil coming up and and things like just healing like so so this is this is something that you know that that fear programming affected me a lot but what happened when we kind of moved away from it is i went to the opposite side of the spectrum so that is kind of a lot of the reason why I developed that logic and the more scientific side of things where I was just like straight away from spirituality completely because of that experience that I had when I was younger. Um, but at the same time I come from a line of healers. Mm. So my bloodline, like my mum, my grandmother, my great grandmother, they're all like shamans. And, um, for my mum and my, my grandma, they were, um, heavily programmed that it was evil. So, they kind of went their entire lives thinking that this kind of these gifts and abilities that that they had were evil and so this was also taught to me as well so it took me a long time to come around to it's crazy because it feels like my whole life spirituality just followed me around and i was like always like kind of avoiding it just like no science science and i just really wanted to stay on this really logical straight path (laughs) yeah yeah. i was so terrified of it and i just didn't want anything to do with it yeah and of course... It's like chakras. What's a chakra? Yeah. Is that Naruto? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I'll shut a close juicy. Honestly, man. Yeah. Like, I just did anything I could to just, like, just stay away from it. And yeah. um, that it took a lot of courage to just... To accept that it was part of who I was. Like, yeah. it's literally, first of all, in my blood. It keeps popping around everywhere around me. Like, when I first met Jesse, he wasn't spiritual at all. And, he, you know, we were just, like, fitness people. And then eventually it just kind of just started springing up wow. again. And I was like, how does it keep finding me? Yeah. And then it just got to this point where like I started diving into my lineage and I started um, going more into my feminine and I started to feel more. And then it all just started making sense. Yeah. And that it took so much courage to 
not abandon my scientific side, but to accept that there may be more yes. than what has been so proven by layer, science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only so much science can observe. Yeah. And it's actually kind of scary to accept that yeah. because like science is nice and safe. Like it's fact, it's black and white. It's yeah. like, this is the truth and this is not the truth. Yeah. Spirituality, it's a lot more expansive yeah. where it's just like, man, like anything can happen here. Like yeah. there's so much more meaning. There's so much more depth and there's just rabbit holes yeah. everywhere. The only way like... you can scientifically articulate a feeling is serotonin, dopamine. Yeah, or exactly. Serotonin, uh, norepinephrine or like, mm. you know, like these different, um, chemicals come yeah. into play yeah. and then, and that's the, how I used to see yeah, emotions. <laughs> and, then, and then, um, the brain frequencies and like yeah. the, um, brain scans and like, that's the limit. Mm, it's exactly. not actually, what does it feel like? Yeah, exactly. So much, such, such much There's a wisdom layer. in that. There's yeah. a wisdom in actually experiencing the emotions yeah. and not just like seeing the, the chemical byproducts on like a piece of paper, you know? So that was probably one of my most courageous acts is, is opening up my mind and my heart to more. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> what is courage? courage mm. i think courage is often perceived as a lack of fear but i think it is the presence of fear and and you know overcoming the challenge or the obstacle or whatever it is in front of you despite that fear mm. you know mm. so i think so I, I love the word courage isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, love it <laughs> I love the word courage yeah. it's so cool yeah but yeah i think courage is like it's one of those it's one of those super like human things where it's like we we all have fear you know we all yeah. have the like self-doubt but courage is one of those little like things that like you can still do it anyway yeah. like you can still you can still do whatever makes you afraid yeah and we, we have the capacity to do that <laughs> through choice right mm. yeah oh, Free will. So cool. yeah exactly exactly and um, I know for myself, courage is what bred confidence, mm. um, not the other way around. Right. Um, I, like I kept looking around me and seeing all these quote-unquote confident people mm. who are wearing masks, right? Mm. Um, <laughs> um, um, more so because I'd get into conversation with these people a lot later um, when yeah. I started this journey. But um, it took a lot of courage to cultivate that confidence that I was lacking when I thought that, oh, I just don't have it. Right. And that's what was stopping me for a long time. Mm. Um so I just wanted to say that I resonate so much with what you said mm. there around courage, um, that it really is something that uh, is what occurs in the presence of fear, yes. not in the lack of it. Exactly, yeah. 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 Oh, it's so important. Yeah. yeah. So I'd love to ask, in someone that feels that they are not deserving of love, and someone that feels that, that they are not deserving of the relationship that they so desire. Mm. What is what is that stemming from? Because I feel like that is such a common theme for a lot of people. Yeah. There's this lack of deserving of love. Lack of deserving of what they're actually worthy of, mm. right? So. What is cultivating that? Where is that coming from? Yeah. And what is it that that sort of person can do in order mm. to start to feel worthy of their life? Yeah, absolutely. So 
you know, one of the main things that I do on the Warriors of Light is is hold space. So I hold yeah. these circles. Yeah, I've got my own one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both just getting attacked by vines yeah. now. Um, so yeah, one of the main things I do in the Warriors of Light is um, hold space in these sacred circles. Yes. And so we get a lot of people really opening up, and I definitely agree. That's one of the main things is is not feeling worthy of love. Yeah. Um, and really holding themselves back from finding love, but also from loving themselves. Yeah. Um, and what I find that a lot of the time as with anything it just stems from the first five to seven years of your life yeah and it might have been something as small as you know your your sibling like shutting you down when you opened up about something or your teacher telling you that you suck because you failed your math test or something like it can be something really small or it can be something really big where you have like a massive like trauma but you know a lot of the time what happens is when we experience these things as kids we just don't know how to deal with them and we don't know how to process them properly so they become big things later on yes and um and i think what's really important to realize is that we can deprogram anything we can mm. deprogram and we can reprogram anything and we yeah. are in control of that which is such a cool thing about the human mind is that you know neuroplasticity we can actually always change the, the structure of the mind awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so um, so when you have these kinds of um, core belief systems, like I'm not worthy of love, or um, you know you don't, you have this lack of self-love, or you don't believe in yourself, these are often just like deeply embedded programs that we can actually work to remove by replacing them with a new story. Mm. So like for example, if the old story or the old belief system is I'm not worthy of love, even if you don't believe it truly, like repeating to yourself like i am worthy i am worthy these affirmations are so so important but also on a deeper deeper level is really addressing why that's there so like the the best question you can often ask is when's the first time i felt like this wow and that's just like a really easy way of just like tapping in and just being like okay when's the first time i felt unworthy and usually you know just the first thing that comes to your mind you can kind of start there Usually there's something earlier, and there's something earlier before yeah, that, but it's a great way to start. It, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. usually layers, but um, I think that's a really great place to start, is just asking yourself those powerful questions mm. and holding that space for yourself um, to really kind of... That's just part of getting to know yourself, right? It's like, there's just so much below the surface that, we, that we're unaware of, and for me personally, like, I want to know all of it. Like, yeah. I want to I wanna get to know all of that stuff and just, like, kind of get into it. Oh, I love that adventure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The adventure so into cool. the self. It's a yeah. big adventure. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the um, the touch on both ends when it comes to that experience of mm-hmm. um, affirming one end mm-hmm. and actually creating growth around the self-love. Yeah. But then as well, uh, and around the worthiness, but as well as working on where the lack of worthiness, where the lack of love came mm-hmm. from as well. Yeah, um, it's yeah. so important to work on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what Thich Nhat Hanh says. He says, along the lines of anyway, not word for word, he says... Um, don't wait to get to the bottom of your sadness to feel happiness. Mm. Like, oh, that's so. Ca- I mm-hmm. needed to hear that at that mm. point in my life because I was so um, deeply intertwined with that deep dive right. into yes. uh, working through a lot of those childhood mm. wounds and working through a lot of those traumas that had come up for me. Yes. Uh, and I was lacking the affirmation. I was lacking yeah. the, the um, those pieces um, that actually enabled me to grow and yeah. expand. And um, that's so true. And yeah, I find it so important to sort of um, balance both of them out and yeah. utilize both of them. And then on one end as well, I do see a lot of people going the other way where they're mm. just doing yeah. sort of like the, the, um, the affirmation and, the <laughs> and all that sort of thing yeah. and they're not going into the dark yeah. parts yeah. of themselves and 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's so important to balance them both out. Yeah. Um, that's interesting you say that. It was actually a thought that I had the other day. Yeah. Because, you know, we just came out of the super intense retreat oh, yeah. and stuff. And, like, it's almost like I had to... Um, you really do have to balance the energies with like yeah. the shadow work and like the light work. Um, and it's like, sometimes you just have to remind people to just like smile. Like it's, yeah. it's all good. Like it's, it's going to be fine. Like we can do all this, we can do all this like deep diving into the self, but there's also so much positive that we can dive into as well. And like making sure that we're doing a bit of both is like so important oh, because so otherwise man, you can just get lost in that abyss a little yeah. bit. Eh? <laughs> Which isn't bad. Sometimes you just need to take that. You just need to take that dark take night that of the soul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I think it's like you said, it's mm. so important for that balance. And I think that's like something that I kind of only just realized recently. I was oh, like, man. Oof. yeah, <laughs> it gets heavy sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually okay to smile, right? <laughs> yeah. It's okay to be yeah, happy. Yeah. 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 Nah, awesome. I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly enough as i was doing a little research about isakul um mm. i came across i don't know why but jesse's page wasn't there but your page was on top mm. of it oh. and <laughs> you wrote a quote um that you said was your favorite quote and mm. i just want to ask um what this means to you and why mm. and you said throw me to the wolves and i'll return leading the pack Ooh. that's that good it's juicy yeah. <laughs> wow yeah. yeah um so this was this was actually, this was kind of just born out of like that, that confidence that I carried around mm. throughout the entire life, which was a really integral part of my growth because, you know, it, it drove me forward. So I just had this belief that like put me in any situation, doesn't mm. matter what it is, I will come out on top. Right. Okay. And I was like, you can, you know, you can put me in the, the worst of the worst kind of situations and I'm going to be okay. Like mm. I'm just adaptable, I'm resilient and I can, I can, I can do anything. Um, so that was, um, that's actually really interesting that you brought that up because yeah. I wrote that so long yeah, ago. Yeah. That's like a whole different part so of me good. speaking. But yeah, but man. Do you feel that's, um, that that was sort of like the mask version of you at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. And I actually find that so interesting because there's certain personas that come out uh, with people that um, will be articulated as confidence, mm. like you sort of mentioned, mm -hmm. um, when... Uh, that's sort of preventing them and inhibiting them from actually being confident. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they're sort of like um, hyping themselves yeah, up yeah. or sort of, um, yeah, getting themselves into a certain state through a song or whatever yeah, it is yeah. so that they can sort of be in that state. Mm -hmm. um, being aware of the fact that that actually is a um, is an image thing yeah. that they've, an image or a identity that they've created. Yeah. Um, being Just being aware of that is important mm -hmm. because then that enables them to actually start working on the other parts of them mm. um, that maybe they weren't aware of or yeah. um, didn't want to look at at that point in time. So, yeah, I love that. Um, I'd love to ask a few more questions just to sort of conclude. And they're sort of rapid-fire questions. All right? yeah. So just like a few things yeah. uh, here and there. And, um, yeah. yeah, if you want to go into depth, you can. Cool. What heals you? What heals me? Mm. This isn't rapid fire, bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know what rapid fire yeah, means. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just deep ass questions. Mm. Um, what heals me? What heals me is to love and to be loved. And I th honestly believe that that's like, it's like all you need, man, is, is love. And um, honestly, I've gotten to many points in my life where I just realized that nothing else actually really matters, you know? And yeah. That and meditation. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Meditation's also good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What lights you up? What lights me up? To see the people that I love happy. Mm. 
And to so also good. be submerged in the ocean. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Love that. 10 meters below the ocean is where I Oh, specifically, <laughs> not 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. And what excites you? Sucking at something new. Ooh. <laughs> Love that. So, like, for example, first podcast, this yeah. excites me because it's like, oh, little new little thing i can take yeah, off like yeah. i might not necessarily be good at it but it's just like you know like i reckon thing. you're doing great i don't <laughs> think people you. even realize it's your first podcast no awesome that. yeah yeah and no, i mean that like um this has been really fantastic and um i love the both depth that you go into as well as i just want to really compliment you on the fact that you're still able to bring in that knowledge from the science that <laughs> you've spent so long learning about and intertwine it with um the spirituality aspect mm. and it, it just comes out so congruently um and i think that's just such a gift that thank you have you. to actually bring that in um so yeah it's been that. real beautiful thank you thank you yeah what are you grateful for oh, man. i'm just like overwhelmed with gratitude constantly like every time i walk outside oh. i'm just like you know was that always there oh absolutely not yeah. absolutely not i think um definitely not I feel like there came a point in life where I like kind of lost everything, and that was when I found the most gratitude, which is insane. But Do you mind um, just touching on. Yeah, so it was actually um, kind of just. It was actually when me and Jesse first broke up, mm. and I was kind of just like, okay, I'm gonna start fresh. I just like I didn't take anything with me. I had a carload of belongings. I had like seventy dollars. I was staying at a friend's house, literally, rock bottom zero, and. Um, and it was at that point where I had to really rebuild from the bottom up that I found like deep gratitude for every single thing in my life. Like man, there's, there's nothing like rock bottom to like teach you about gratitude, you know, oh, <laughs> you know? Totally. So, um, man, sometimes you just got to lose everything to realize you already have everything. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> so, and ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Miss Shakespeare. <laughs> That. but yeah i'm so grateful i'm i'm grateful for this mm. grateful grateful that you've ha had me on today um, oh, thank you i'm grateful that you're on awesome. <laughs> thank yeah. you thank you grateful for life man just grateful mm. to be alive grateful Heck for yeah. another day right yeah. <sighs> mm. just like just my heart is full yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, i love that and uh, i love what you said before like it wasn't there before mm. and i think that's so important for people to hear because same for me um gratitude was a practice it wasn't an experience mm. for a long time it's like right. oh well, i'm journaling gratitude yes. of course i'm grateful yeah. i'm saying what i'm grateful for every day of course i'm grateful like mm -hmm. i was practicing it so much right. and it actually took me a few years of that to mm. even actually start to experience it it was yeah, so interesting truly yeah. um it's like this i took gratitude as an intellectual concept mm. rather than actual experience right. um yeah and i think that's so important as so, we do with a lot of things right yes mm. yeah so sort of just to conclude this podcast i'd love to ask how does one go from uh thinking to being how does one go from intellect to uh experience mm. i think the biggest thing is to realize that you're safe to feel and it's not that scary. Um, trust me, I was terrified of it, but it's not that bad, guys. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest thing is, like, you're safe. It's safe mm. to feel, and it's good for you, and it feels good. Yeah. And, um, and 
yeah, really just actually focusing on that space in your chest, that heart space. Yeah. Because your heart is this amazing, like, energetic, this powerhouse. And when you can tap into it, you'll realize how powerful it is. And that you're missing out on a whole lot if you're blocking it out from yourself, you know. So, like, physically tapping into that space in your body and actually feeling that space. Mm. Allowing yourself to feel the emotions that come up and no longer being afraid of them. Um, because I think that's the main thing that holds people back, right? Is fear of, like, your own emotions. Because it hurts. Coming back to courage, eh? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So just the courage to just, like, to, to feel... Um, and with the lows that come with feeling pain, I promise you come tremendous highs mm. that allow you to feel love and peace and just everything that comes along with that. So highly recommend fam. <laughs> <laughs> highly recommend some feeling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good, so cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've been absolutely amazing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure many people got a lot from this as I, as I did. I um, that. so where can I find you? Um, just your usuals. My name's Sakula Costa on Facebook, Instagram, and yeah, I'm not on TikTok, guys, so yeah, don't yeah. find me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Um, so those links will be in the description below that you can find, and uh, I highly recommend men and women, okay? I mean both. I mean men as well. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, I genuinely mean it. Uh, the beauty and following energies uh, and um, and people that embody this sort of uh, sort of I don't even know I really have to explain it but essentially they embody love right? <laughs> there's a lot of love they embody and Sakula really does that and the words that she shares and guys as you've sort of paid attention to on this podcast she's a poet she's able to bring these metaphors out in such a way that is digestible and and ways that people might not be able to explain she's able to bring to a very intellectual basis and that's such a um, gift and you'll be able to find a lot of that on social media so highly recommend following her and if you found that this podcast was helpful in some sort of shape or form uh, it would really do us a massive favor if you can also uh, li- uh, rate it that'll be amazing okay uh, if you can share it that'll be even more amazing as well and that will really enable us to reach others that possibly need to hear these messages you know without further ado much love guys have a beautiful day and stay blessed thank you guys